Well, back again for our 20th episode of Spinning Singles, and we're going to finish up the last week in 1979 and get into the decade that I grew up in, the 80s, and looking forward to that because there was a lot of great music in that decade. It's a beautiful Sunday morning here. Normally, I do this on Saturday, but got too busy yesterday and um, going to do it Sunday morning. Beautiful sunny day out there. So let's get started. The last debut week for December of 1979 was the 22nd. And the highest song that week was from my all-time favorite group, Fleetwood Mac. And it was their second single off of Tusk. It was called Sarah. It's a ballad. Stevie Nicks singing it. Came in at 35. Would go to number seven. So that was a pretty big hit for her. It also came with a picture sleeve, which is one of their harder ones to find. It's got a picture of the group all together and black and white and um, not much on the back, but it's on Warner Brothers and it's Sarah. And um, you probably hear it on the radio every now and then. Not so much now, but you did back then. The sleeve is probably a $10 sleeve. The record's probably 4 or $5. And what I like to do is like to talk about these songs from a collector's point of view. And if obviously, if you want to hear the songs, you can... You can download them anytime or anywhere, really. Um, but mine are all on Vinyl 45. So for licensing purposes, we don't play the music here. We just, I'm just going to talk about it. Um, next song to come in at number 36 that week was from Terry DeSerio. And she was a singer that was associated with KC and KC of the Sunshine Band. And this was probably her biggest hit. It came in at 36, went all the way to number two, and it was a cover. It's called Yes, I'm Ready. It was a ballad, and Casey actually sings on it. But it was originally done by Barbara Mason, a soul singer back in the 60s on the Arctic label, uh, one of my favorite soul singers from the 60s. But this song, you know, when it came out, I was young. I was, what, 13? Uh, going on 14, because my birthdays in February, and it was a ballad, and it really didn't do a lot for me then. Now it's grown on me over the years. It's actually not a bad song. I can listen to it. I like it. It's called Yes, I'm Ready. It's on Casablanca. Not a hard record to find or valuable. Next song to come in at 38 that week was a hard rock song from the group Blackfoot, and we had talked about Highway Song earlier, and this is their follow-up called Train Train. I like this a lot better. It starts off with about 30 seconds of harmonica before it really gets into the song. It's on the Atco label, and 38 as high as it got. It, it just spent a couple weeks in the top 40 and then fell off. But don't hear it that much on the radio anymore. It's a great song, though. Uh, Blackfoot, Train, Train. And the last song to debut um, that week was by Herb Alpert, and I've talked about Herb Alpert plenty. And this is his follow-up to his number one rise. It's called Rotation. And it came in at 40, it would go to number 30, which was okay for him. And it came with a, not a picture sleeve, but kind of like a company sleeve that says Herb Alpert Rotation on it, with a hole in the center for the label, which is kind of interesting. They really didn't release stuff like that. But that sleeve is kind of hard to find, probably a 5 to $10 sleeve, and the record's not expensive. Don't hear it much on the radio, it is an instrumental, and you don't hear instrumentals much anymore like you used to. Uh, there are two songs that debuted in the Hot 100 this that week that I want to talk about. One of them at number 82 was a cover. Um, it's 
by Robert Palmer, Can We Still Be Friends? And Todd Rundgren had done it back in 78. And this was his version, very similar on the Island label. And it made it to number 52. That's as high as it got. And you do hear this song on Yacht Rock stations nowadays. Um, Not sure what version I prefer. They're both pretty good. But this one's by Robert Palmer. And the last song I'm going to talk about um, that week, coming in at number 89, was, again, my one of my favorite artists, Jimmy Buffett, doing Volcano. What a great song. Um, liked it the first time I heard it. It's the title track from his album. Kind of a reggae, kind of flavored Caribbean-type song, a fun song. We go to number 66, was, which was disappointing. I thought it should go a lot higher. It was a number one on my countdown. What a great song. And occasionally you'll hear it on the radio, but not too often. It's on his MCA label, the TAN label. Not a particularly valuable or hard record to find, but that's Volcano. Which brings us to the first week of 1980, uh, January 5th. And I was in my freshman year of high school and starting the second half. And um, the next song I remember hearing all over the place on the radio. I don't know why they played this song so much. He was pretty much a one-hit wonder. This is his only top 40 hit. It's by Steve Forbert. It's called Romeo's Tomb, but you never really hear that in the song. It's it's talks about other things, but it comes in at 35 and went to number 11. So it was a big hit. It was on the Nemperer label, which at the time was the same label for the Romantics and four out of five doctors. Um, but this was his only top 40 hit, Romeo's Tomb, Steve Forbert, not a particularly hard or valuable 45. Uh, the next song was much more interesting. It came in at 37 and was probably the first rap single ever to make the top 40. It was by the Sugar Hill Gang. It was called Rapper's Delight. And originally was released only on a 12-inch single, and then they released it on a 45. The 45 has a long and short version. The long version, obviously, is better. And at the time, we thought it was so unique. I actually memorized all the words to it, and I could sing the whole thing. Now I probably couldn't do it because I'm kind of lost on it, but it was a great song. It peaked at number 36 and um, Rapper's Delight by the Sugar Hill Gang. The 45 is probably a 10 to $15 record. The 12 inch is probably about the same and not something you normally hear on the radio anymore either. But if you find a copy and it's in good shape, I would pick it up. Uh, the next song to come in was by a singer from the 70s, uh, Rita Coolidge. Came in at 39. It's a ballad called I'd Rather Leave While I'm in Love. Again, ballads didn't really excite me too much back then. So this only peaked at number 38, only spent a couple weeks on. It's on the AM label. And not much to say about this song. I didn't hear it that much. And it didn't have a picture sleeve, not a particularly valuable 45. Um, which brings us to the last song to debut the first week in 1980 was by the soul group, the OJs. And they had had a lot of hits in the 70s. Um, this is called Forever Mine. It was a ballad. It made it to number 28, and it was on the TSOP label, The Sound of Philadelphia, with the picture sleeve. Sorry, not the picture sleeve, the company sleeve. And uh, did not hear it much on the radio. Um, again, a ballad-type song, and um, not a particularly valuable or hard record to find either. So the last song I want to talk about that debuted on the Hot 100 this week, and it just missed the top 40. It's from the Southern rock group Molly Hatchet. And it's probably their best well-known song, Flirting with Disaster. And it's on the Epic label. It came in at 83 and just missed the top 40 at number 42. 
this one did not have a picture sleeve. Kind of a cool song. Always liked it. Very upbeat. The promo copy has the album version on it, which is great. Whereas the single version was cut down. And I prefer the longer album version. So much so at the time, I ordered the album with a bunch of others from that Columbia Record Club where you order 10 albums for a penny and you get a whole bunch and then you have to get each one the next month. Well, I did that. And this was one of the albums I got was Molly Hatchet Flirting with Disaster. So that brings us to the next week in 1980. And the first song or the highest song that week was by Queen. And when it first when I first heard it, I said, this can't be Queen. It's so different. So different. It was rockabilly, rock and roll. It's called Crazy Little Thing Called Love. What a catchy song. Great song. So much so it did go to number one and spent four weeks up there. It's on their Electra uh, label. By that time, they had turned it red from green. And no picture sleeve with this. Um, but one of my favorites by the group because it was just so different and it sounded like it came right out of the 19 late 50s or early 60s. What a great song. Crazy little thing called Love. And I believe it was from the album Play the Game, which would have a lot more hits on it. So the next song was another very interesting song. Um, is by a group called the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band, but by that time they had dropped the Nitty Gritty and just went by the Dirt Band. And it was a ballad. And the thing about this song, which makes it kind of cool, is it came in at 33 and would go to number 13, which is a pretty big hit for them. But it had a girl singer on it who was not labeled on the label. But if you hit listen to the voice, you can definitely tell it's Linda Ronstadt. And she does a great job on this song. And unfortunately, she's not labeled on the label. But to me, it'll always be the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band and Linda Ronstadt. But it's called An American Dream. It's a great song. And don't hear it that much on the radio for whatever reason, but it's a great song. If you've never heard it, I would listen to it, especially if you're a fan of Linda Ronstadt. Uh, the next song to come in um, was a very upbeat song for this gentleman. He was a member of the Doobie Brothers, and I'm talking about Tom Johnston. And he really hadn't had a solo record at all up until this point. It came in at 34, and that's where it stayed. It didn't get any higher. It's called Savannah Nights, and a very upbeat, danceable song. I liked it a lot. In fact, I put it at number one on my countdown at the time. And you never hear it on the radio for whatever reason. You just don't. I'm, I'm not sure why. Not a particularly valuable 45 or it didn't have a picture sleeve. It was on the white Warner Brothers label at the time. And the last song I'm going to talk about was by the group Led Zeppelin. And it would turn out to be their last chart record in the U.S. And it was from their album Into the Outdoor. And you know what? When I was younger, I wasn't a huge Zeppelin fan. I liked a few songs. And I've gotten older. I appreciate them more. Um, know more about their music. Of course, Stairway to Heaven was the classic. Used to play that a lot whenever I DJed. But this song is called Fool in the Rain. And um, would go to number 21. Came in at 40 that week on their label, Swan Song. And, you know, it was okay. Um, you do, did hear it on the radio, especially in classic rock stations. Don't hear it much anymore. Because it's Led Zeppelin, it does have some value, but it's one of the lesser valuable records. I'd say it's a 5 to $10 record. It didn't have a picture sleeve. Whereas Stairway to Heaven, if you find it on a promo, 
I don't know, I've seen it for $500. So by the way, don't have a copy of that. Never seen it. I know two people that do. So it's just one that's eluded me so far. But speaking of Led Zeppelin, the song that I really liked on that album was All of My Love. And I heard that a lot. And it was never released as a single. A lot of people don't like that song, but I like it a lot for some reason. But um, that's Led Zeppelin. Which brings us to the next week in January of 1980. And it was dated the 19th. And the highest song to debut that week was by Anne Murray. And it was a very, very upbeat pop song. It was Daydream Believer. Uh, you know, the big song by the Monkees. She did a version of it on the Capital Purple label. And it would go to number 12. So it was a pretty big hit for her. Um, and it has the Capital Purple sleeve. No picture sleeve. Kind of liked it when it first came out, but they played it a lot. So I kind of got tired of it. But um, not a bad song for Anne Murray, Daydream Believer, at number 28 that week. Next song to come in down at 32. Moving up 10, so it was a pretty big jump. But it would only get to 26. It slowed down quite a bit. It's by the rock group Sticks, And it was from Cornerstone, their album that they that was out that uh, had the number one song, Babe, on it. This one's called Why Me. It's, an, it's a kind of a mid-tempo song. And again, don't hear it much on the radio. Not a lot to say about this. It was okay. It was on the A&M label. No picture sleeve. And it just had the A&M sleeve with it. Um, not a particularly hard or valuable 45 at this point. And that's Why Me by Styx. Um, next song was one of those rare ballads that I actually liked, and I even like it more today, um, probably because I just like the lyrics and I like what it stands for. It's called Longer by Dan Fogelberg, probably one of his best. It came in at 35 that week and would go all the way to number two and spend two weeks at number two. It's on the Full Moon label, which is a cool-looking label because it's got a pine tree on it. Um, always like that label, the look of it. Dan Fogelberg Longer, a great ballad. I'm sure you've heard it. It's been played all over the radio, not recently, but it was when it was out. And a very nice song by him. Um, one of my favorite artists, by the way. And that's Dan Fogelberg. So that brings us to number 36 that week. And it was by an artist who had been around a long time and is still out there cranking. In fact, he just put out a new album, I'd say maybe four or five months ago, and I'm talking about Santana. Uh, this one was called You Know That I Love You, and it was on his Columbia label. Came in at 36, would only go to 35, but I liked the record a lot. It should have gotten a lot higher. In fact, I liked it more back then than I do now, um, but it was kind of upbeat and um, it's called You Know That I Love You. And it's not a particularly hard or valuable record to find. It's on the Columbia with the Columbia sleeve and no picture sleeve. And speaking of picture sleeves, I know we haven't really, for some reason, this run of songs that we've been talking about hasn't had a lot of picture sleeves. And that would change because the 80s are known for their picture sleeves. But um, this one was by the group Cheap Trick. And it was from their album Dream Police. And it did have a picture sleeve. It's called Voices. It's on the Epic label. Came in at 37 and would go to number 32. So it wasn't a huge hit for them. But the picture sleeve is rather hard to find, just like Dream Police is. I don't know if this is promo only, 
but the one I'm looking at says demonstration not for sale on it, but it's got a picture of the group all dressed in white, like they're dream police, basically. And um, like I said, not sure if this is promo only, but I've never seen too many copies of this. So I would say it's about a 10 to $15 sleeve if you have it in really good shape. The record is not as valuable. Which brings us to the next song to come in that week, January 19th of 1980. And the thing about early 1980, 81, there was a wide variety of types of music that would that would chart. And a lot of some people I've heard say they don't like that, but I liked it a lot because I like the variety of music. And that just doesn't happen today. But back then, Neil Diamond had a hit called September More, and it came in at 39 and went to number 17. It was a strictly ballad. Now, it didn't do much for me because it was a ballad back then. But over the years, I've learned to appreciate Neil Diamond. He's really a great singer-songwriter. And um, this particular ballad um, never really, you know, resonated with me. But it's still, I appreciate the artist. And it's on the Columbia label, his label at the time. And uh, not a particularly valuable or hard record to find. Did not have a picture sleeve. Which brings us to the last record I'm going to talk about for this uh, this edition of Spending Singles. And um, it's by Rufus and Shaka on the label. But Rufus was a group earlier in the 70s that had Shaka Khan as its member. And at this point, Shaka Khan was trying to break out her own, I believe. So she was credited Rufus and Shaka. It's called Do You Love What You Feel? It's a great record, great upbeat, danceable song. Came in at 40. We'll go to number 30. And it's on the tan MCA label with the MCA sleeve, no picture sleeve. But one of my favorites, actually, by her when she sings on it, um, very upbeat. Don't hear it that much. Probably should have been bigger of a hit than it was, but it just wasn't. So that's Do You Love What You Feel by Rufus and Shaka, and that's at number 40. So I'm glad we finally made it into the 80s, and that's good. Not that I, I like the 70s, but the 80s is where, like I said, I grew up, so we'll be talking more into the 80s next week and looking forward to it. And as always, if you have any questions or comments, you can email me at uh, wtoddsampson at yahoo.com. And Sampson is S-A-M-P-S-O-N. And I look forward to next week and see you then.